Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and all the rest of the pencil neck geeks who listen to the internet out there. Ah. It is time for Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat, episode 55. That's right, 55. I am, as always, Sean Hood, alongside Mr. Dave Taylor. I can drive 55 unless I'm going through tunnels in the, the town that we live in. So that I get, like, that's a joke, <laughs> but at the same time, it's painfully true, and yeah, it, it just yeah. annoys me as the traffic guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is Eat Sleep Podcast, repeat FM 99's first and only WWE wrestling podcast, and we have lots to talk about today, so let's dive on into the uh, the things we have to get out of the way, I like talking about how you can find us in lots of different places, such as FM99.com. That is the easiest place to find us. You can do it right there under the media tab. ESPR takes you to our most recent episode, which is featured on SoundCloud. And we're on most of your major podcast apps, such as SoundCloud, TuneIn, uh, iTunes, all sorts of stuff. And again, we are working on trying to get ourselves on Spotify before too long. So hopefully we'll get on that boat as well. Um, but yeah, seriously, go to most of your major podcast apps. You should just be able to search ESPR and we should be in there. Um, other than that, if you'd like to get in touch with us, which we highly recommend you do because we love hearing from you guys, uh, keep doing it because Dave's going to have to do more work if you do. Yes. Uh, you can uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash ESPR 99 on the Twitter at ESPR 99. Seriously, you haven't followed us on there yet. Go ahead and do that. There's a big disparity between how many people we have on Facebook and how many people we have on Twitter. And I know there's a lot of Twitter people. So hop on over there. If you haven't followed us already, again, it's at ESPR 99. And if you want to email us your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your topics, go ahead and do that. ESPR at FM99.com. So now that we got that out of the way, it's time for us to dive right into the news. And let's see in the news. We'll start off with this. Uh, I feel like most of us know this already, but Sami Zayn went under surgery uh, the other day on the uh, repair a torn rotator cuff. And uh, he will actually now need a second surgery. Which oh, is, a second one? Yeah, that's not great. No, uh, no, he's going to be out a while. At this point, they're saying he hopes to be healthy in time for WrestleMania 35. Because a rotator which, cuff. Well, that, that's, a that, long, that's a long layoff if he's hoping to be ready for WrestleMania 35. You know, And that explains maybe why in that match against uh, uh, a couple weeks ago at the pay-per-view, Mm-hmm. Uh, money in the bank that team. Well, actually, they're saying they don't. They that's not when the injuries happened. He's apparently been working through these. Oh, and they don't know exactly when these injuries happened, but they're old. Well, I was so, say, but maybe that's why he prevented. Like he didn't. Oh, well, do a once lot of, I think like, once they determined he needed yeah. surgery, yeah, probably. But I mean, like it's not like he did it in that match or anything like that. And it's yeah. not like they, you know, he the, my boy's been working at a high level with these torn rotator tater cover injuries for a while. And that's painful. Yeah, yeah. so that's before the Lashley feud. But that explains why in the Lashley feud he wasn't as... They just got rid of him, just put him away yeah, decisively, yeah. and he's going to be gone for a bit. And that makes sense. So now it's a little less infuriating that he gets squashed by yeah. Lashley. So <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah, okay. It's okay now. He's yeah, now it makes a little bit more poor sense. Poor guy, though. Oh. Yeah, that's rough. That's he's, real rough. He's a favorite. Like we always say, great guy, never going to be a world champion, but we like you, Sammy. He says you're never going to be world champion. I, I don't. I don't. I, I say that he may not be. I, I agree that it might. It's a very real possibility, and he doesn't need to be necessarily. No, but no. I'm okay, not saying I, he'll never I, be. I appreciate the guys. There's lots talents. of people I thought would never be champion, and they were. So Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Um, <laughs> up next, uh, WWE officially announced their five-year deal with Fox for SmackDown television rights. They gave us a premiere date and everything, which is going to be October 4th, 2019. They'll be Friday nights. It'll still be live, and. Uh, Apparently, that's not all. They're talking about bringing other programs uh, to Fox, uh, the Fox Network, too. Nothing specific yet, but uh, we could be seeing more Fox or more kind of content. I think they want to do like a sports type show. Like, um, I, I'm still saying, like, smack, like, talking smack was. Yeah. 
I mean, Daniel Bryan won't do it anymore because now he's a superstar or whatever. But, man, I'm telling you, if you get something that really kind of grabs that old school feel like that you did on the original Talking Smack, that should be hot. Yeah, and, and I wonder, like, at this point, like, because, like, Paige has gotten better, but that's not probably something she would be doing. But she's gotten better with her promos in the last couple of weeks. Right. I, I think they've been working with her on that. Mm-hmm. But there's, but who is, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, an old-timer that's around that would well, be great Renee for Well, keep Renee Young. Oh, yeah. Because she was great. Yep. Um, hmm. Who would you use after that? I mean... There's probably some veterans out there. there it, it, you know, there are, and I feel like there's some people you could use. It's just a matter of... Could they do it every week? Could they do it every week? Yeah. yeah not at, like a at Booker an acceptable T, level. Like, you, know you know what I mean? At an acceptable level and be good. You know? Um, I, I'd kind of like to see, hey, you know what? I mean, granted, they're not really part of your company, but you could always talk to them. I'm sure you could work something out. Maybe work out something with uh, uh, Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard. Because Conrad Thompson would be a great voice on the opposite side of, because he'd be kind of kind without being in the ring, he'd yeah. be a similar voice to what Daniel Bryan was saying about a lot of stuff. You know, because Daniel Bryan was calling a lot of BS out too, and I feel like Conrad could play that same role. But then you could have somebody who's a company man there as well, Corey Graves or somebody who could offset he'd, that. He'd be great, especially too, because because you know you can never always tell. Other than the fact that he doesn't like Sasha Banks, like whose side is he really on? <laughs> whose side is he really on? <laughs> He's about Sasha Banks. Like uh, like uh, uh, the brain was about Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter if he's a good guy or a bad guy. He hates him. Yeah. Um, and that was one of my favorite things about him for so long. Yeah. I, I see. I want to see a guy like you know what happened like a Bret Hart because he's so opinionated. Yeah. It, you know, but he's not a good talker. No, but he. The but problem he is if you throw. get somebody who's opinionated like a Bret Hart, but who's a better talker. Because he just wouldn't be compelling to watch is the thing. No, you want to hear what he says, but yeah. you, but you don't get. Drawn I want in, somebody man. who's going to be able to get heated and animated and will be well spoken, and you know what I mean. Which is why I'm thinking somebody like a Conrad Thompson or a Bruce Pritchard or somebody like that, just because they can do that. They've proven that. Mick Foley I mean, would. Mick Foley wouldn't be a bad choice for that either. But Mick seems to sometimes. I don't know. They they seem to not be afraid of of taking things out on Mick and being angry at Mick. And it needs to be somebody that's going to be able to be like, I don't care if you get mad. Well, and I wonder, like, not saying like it's all of them, but like, does he get disinterested after a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think does he get kind of bored with his role? He's not wrestling. Yeah, you know what I mean. I feel like at a certain point, you can only really justify being on television for so long and doing stuff if you're not performing. You know, at a certain point, your character has run its course, and I feel like Mick doesn't. I've heard it said before, Mick does well in short spurts these days. You well, know, uh, he, there's he keeps a him burnout from factor. Out. Yeah. It keeps him from wearing on anybody's well, nerves, and it keeps him and Vince out. from getting after, get after getting after each other. Um, but, you know, years ago, and I'm going old school here, but Jesse Ventura was, like, was, so was, was a guy that, you know, was a wrestler, and then because of issues, health issues, right. you know, became a commentator, but he would still get involved with some things and still opinionated. I mean, you know, you know, that was a great time, and I'm not saying because there were times where you know they just have great chemistry with certain announcers and stuff, you know, on Raw and SmackDown, maybe the WCW days. But what he did with Monsoon and McMahon, right? You know, we need, we kind of need that now. Corey Graves is like the closest to that right now. Right? No, I agree. I agree. Um, it's not a put down of the other announcers. It I'm, is. We're, He's we're, talking bad about all. Of you <laughs> we're point, just talking so. about the fact that you know all they you. they need that. You know, like uh, give me the Bret Hart opinion, but give me somebody who could talk like a Corey. Right. I could get that. Um, moving on from that, uh, from SmackDown to Raw, they announced uh, their new television agreement for Raw for another five years with the USA Network, and Raw is going to stay three hours. Ugh. 
Yeah, I was kind of hopeful that maybe they were going to say that USA was going to be like, no, we want a two-hour program. But you know what? But USA, with that third hour, still gets more rating than I know, whatever else they're going to put there. So I that's know, it up. They make money. Raw makes money. I get it. I understand. I just feel like the product suffers because of that third hour. Yeah, because as we've seen it, there's certain. Now this week's show was interesting how they laid it out because because remember for this a week's while show was all right because the, because well because remember like the third hour used to kind of be like not really anything really happening but that's kind of changed in the last couple of weeks and, and this well they week, did that for a while because I think that was during their uh, their like slump period they were like okay well there's no point in, in even trying in the third hour because nobody's going to stay tuned what was it against was it against football by chance uh, was it football I think it was a couple of things I think it was football then it was followed by then it was up against uh, what. Um, basketball or hockey or something later on i don't know but, but, i don't know but, something but, was up against but it they, but, they, but they definitely changed the format and we now For we're sure. getting main events more you know when you got dolphin and seth rollins in third hour yeah that's uh you know that you're you're putting a lot into that basket if you will that's that's good matches right although a lot of people would say oh well who cares that dolph was in it because dolph doesn't really matter <laughs> um so but regardless it was still it, it was not a bad show, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up real fast is that Shinsuke Nakamura got bit by a dog. That's why he wasn't on television this week. He got bit by a police canine dog, a canine unit dog, while they were sweeping the arena to do like uh, just to make sure it was safe. And Shinsuke happened to be in the area they were checking, and for whatever reason, the dog bit Shinsuke. <laughs> and so Shinsuke couldn't work. I was terrified when I saw that story yeah. that it meant that he'd gotten in trouble and was, you know, as a result was, was bitten by the dog, you know, but thank God it was, I mean, it's, it's terrible regardless, but thank God he wasn't, I was like, oh no, what did Shinsuke do? But then uh, you read it and you're like, oh no, this was just a horrible accident is all this was. Um, yeah. Injury to his lower left leg. Yeah. Which is a problem considering yeah. his style, especially. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, I don't know if you know this, he likes to kick things. So... But he, well, he did have the, um, yeah, you, you know, you think about that when he had the nut shot in the match a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. Now he gets this, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's really kind of it for, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, for the news anyway. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back and we will talk about uh, everything you saw this week in wrestling, starting with Monday Night Raw, of course. Greetings, wrestling fans. This is Dave Dynasty, host of the Dave Dynasty Show, the podcast that every week brings you nearly two hours of pro wrestling goodness from the Midwest. We feature interviews with the legends of the past, stars of today, and the prospects of tomorrow. We have segments that feature classic wrestling audio, whole episodes devoted to the history of Midwest pro wrestling, and much, much more. Do not miss an episode of the Dave Dynasty Show. We are available on all podcast platforms, or you can access past episodes and all of our social media links by visiting DaveDynasty.com. Be good, be safe, and keep on growing. And we're back, and it is time for us to get into everything that happened this week in wrestling. Well, not everything. Let's be clear. It's just going to be the stuff that we really were interested by, um, because <laughs> that's not always everything. Yeah. Um, I will just go ahead and say right away, Raw had a strong main event. Uh, yeah. Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins in the rematch for the IC title. You kind of figured we were going to get a BS finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, say that for the pay- a pay-per-view or have him fight a couple of times. Because it's not stale. It's fresh. And, and Dolph actually, well, is always good. It's just a matter of do we care. Yeah. No, I, and that's how I feel, too. Um, uh, but the way the show opened, 
with uh, the Miz. Well, no, 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 wait, no that's, that's SmackDown. No, you had Kurt Angle canceling right. the match. You know, between that was so odd. Like what's I didn't that about? like that at all. It just it made no sense. No, and I it, it would be one thing if like there was this ongoing like actual storyline on television with Brock Lesnar being difficult to deal with and yada yada yada. If there was that in there, but there wasn't, so it just came out of nowhere. That oh well now we're not doing that so sorry yeah, yeah. We got contract <sighs> problems so yeah we we've completely may just foobarred what we were gonna do and yeah. yeah this is they this is one of those situations where it's a problem with Brock having this kind of deal he has now yep. simply because they can't guarantee he'll be there for any dates if they're not willing to shell out the big big bucks yeah it's like like do you strip him or is he just your championship yeah. until he I guess content keep it on- till SummerSlam and drop it to somebody there. You know, uh, it should be Braun Strowman, but I'm just saying. First of all, and I'm going to say this, I hate what Braun Strowman's doing right now. Like, don't get me wrong, it's kind of funny watching Kevin Owens and him kind of do a back and forth. Like, I do, I'm entertained by that a little bit, but Brock just won Money in the Bank. He should feel, like, monumental at the moment. Yeah. He just doesn't. Well, you know, the match wasn't bad, though. I I, I kind of liked him teaming up with Owens and seeing Finn and and, and Baron, because you figure at some point, okay, who's going to fight who? And then Baron and... And, and and Finn Balor going at it and stuff, but the flipping the car thing, which I know he does, but he, see, you know what? But, but it, it, we've it, gone from that seeming like a badass thing he does to now we didn't see him do it, and it's just a yuck kind of thing. Yeah, it's a yuck, yeah. yuck, yuck. You know it, what I mean? It, it's comedy, and and I don't. And he did the comedy thing a few times. I think it was with uh, when he had the band thing mm-hmm. with uh, Elias and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, no, I don't want him to be comedy. I want him to be. Now he could do. He's done some comedy I'm that's fine worked with it out in, in small increments. Like when he, when he had the kid thing, and he's like, "Oh, right. you know, Nicholas has school." You All right, know? I'm I'm fine with it in small doses here and there, just to you know show a different side of him every once in a while, so it doesn't become too formulaic. But the problem is this thing with Owens is almost entirely this, and I don't want that to be the case. Especially Owens needs to be built up as a strong heel. Yeah, um, they need those yeah. on on Raw. They they don't have that many strong main event heels. And, and, and them teaming up, you know, it's it's like I don't mind it, but like, but it, you got to make Owens, you know, look good. And I guess he was responsible for the, you know, for the big well thing. He's not responsible for anything because it was the other guys fighting. But mm-hmm. but build him up because yeah. there's too many times where he looks weak when he's supposed to be the big heel when he was a champion. Mm-hmm. And in the feud with Shane McMahon, like I, I never felt him like like. Well, he should be a monster, and he's not. I, I, well, see, I've never felt Kevin should look like a monster. I just felt like he should be ruthless. Well, that, that's what a I monster mean. is somebody like Braun. Well, but, somebody but, that's imposing but just a, a monster heel where he's just doing horrible things where he'll get right. his comeuppance at some point. And there's none of that because you just—I mean, I know you beat you know, headbutt Vince McMahon or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Um, I will say that it was nice to see the revival get a win. Yeah, how about they, that? They beat Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. That will be the nice. biggest uh, win they'll ever have. <laughs> I'm just hoping that they don't immediately give that back next week in some five minute squash match. You know, this is where like sometimes I wonder if like wins or losses. You know, so wins or losses don't matter. Do you know? And that's a situation where the wins and losses matter in that situation. I don't know. Uh, to me, yes. This it just. <sighs> Because it doesn't. Because the rival aren't going. Oh, we're going to give you a title shot because you beat two. You know. And that's the thing is, it's like you can't take people seriously if they never win. Yeah. You know, like I, oh, wins and losses don't matter. Wins and losses don't matter. To a degree, I do understand that because you're right. It's not all about the wins and losses. But if somebody's just been on a slide and they're they're winning or they're losing way more than they're winning, how am I supposed to take them seriously when they're yeah. all of a sudden put into a position? 
it's one of the things that hurt Jinder Mahal so much when he when he started finally getting a push. Yeah. Is he was a joke for so long, and then all of a sudden we're supposed to take him as a main event level heel. Now, I will say this. There are exceptions to this rule, but it depends on presentation and follow-up. Kurt Hawkins. Well, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I have no idea if there's any plan there at all. Or if they just like, they have it in the back burner. They're like, well, we could do a losing streak storyline at any time. Yeah. And he's perfect guy for it because believe me, if he wins, nobody's going to, no offense to him, you know, he's getting paid, but but nobody's going to care if he wins. I mean, until he beats the streak and then the next week it won't matter. Right. Uh, MVP about 10 years ago, great wrestler. And then they did this thing where he went on the losing streak and he lost his pyro and he lost his big inflatable. Yeah. And, you know, to try to redeem him when it went on for so long. It didn't People work. stop caring, which is a shame because, yeah. man, he was so damn good. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is it just goes on for a while, and then it's like it's almost an afterthought. Like, n- like I need to see it be be an issue. You know, I need like I need to see this person like deteriorating as a result of these losses. I need to see them them the I need to see the stress building on them. I need to see their character getting more and more upset about losing. And like the Johnny Gargano thing, they did that perfectly in yeah, NXT with yeah. him. Because he was always coming close, and then he'd always he'd, he wouldn't be able to pull it out. And they did a great job of of telling that story with him, where he was frustrated not being able to be in his mind who he should be. And, and you thought at, at the takeover, oh, he's finally getting there. It, it then they, but he had won yeah. certain like several matches well, to that yeah, point. Yeah, so I mean, but, like, but it, it's it's but this and this is one of those instances where the loss didn't matter as far as it didn't hurt him. Yeah, you know, because they'd done such a good job telling the story. But again, when it's just, well, you're just going to lose and lose and lose and lose and lose, and eventually maybe we'll do something with it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Dreamer in ECW, kind of like the same yeah. way until he got that. Uh, Curtis Axel and, and Bo Dallas kind of had this change the other way because of being sort with of. The Miz, and, but now they're winning, and it's like, well, is this comedy, or should we take them Nobody seriously? Nobody knows, and that's the thing. You know, they beat Matt Hardy in, in kind of a fluky way. I, I did like how, you know, it did kind of come out of nowhere, the- but, but really... I, I, I don't know what to think about those guys because they just they don't seem important. They just don't. And neither do the titles at the moment. I'm no. sorry, Matt and Bray just don't feel like like anything special. No. They feel really boring. No. I mean, I doubt there's a pain for the match. Uh, the thing I thought is always odd is when they have the champion lose non-title matches, when Alexa Bliss lost to Natalia. And mm-hmm. speaking of wins and losses, and Natalia, like, it's like I, I'm always a fan of her. I always like her work, but I always feel like she's in this like, weird rut because she's experienced. You know, she comes from she's the old school style. But, like, I don't know. It's just there's always something about her that I just that doesn't always seem to click with the audience or something. And I'm happy that she won. But yeah, well, the only other things I'm going to bring up really from Raw because I just don't not all of it was really that big of a deal. Um, Mojo Raleigh became my favorite person in the world. Is it because he went after a cheeseburger? He, like, no, <laughs> because he is done with the the, ro- the rosebud re- you know rip off thing. Yeah. Like he just immediately is like, no, this is dumb. Like he <laughs> he is saying what everyone is thinking, and he is so. I mean, there was just that. I mean, it was nothing crazy, but I'm just like, I thank you, Mojo. Well, thank it, you. well, this is something he should have been doing when he beat up Zack Ryder six months ago. Agreed, agreed, um, and. The only thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Bailey finally losing it and yeah. attacking Sasha and the crowd going ape for it. And I don't know who's supposed to be the good guy and who's supposed to be the bad guy because the storyline makes no sense. No, it doesn't. It's like they have a disagreement, but then like last week, you know, Bailey hit her and then, and then Bailey does it again. Yeah. And I'm like, well, apparently Bailey's going to be the heel, but then they love the fact that she's beating the crap and out of Sasha. And if you watch Sasha on social media, she's acting like a heel. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't know what they're doing. Uh and, I, you know, they said they're going to counseling, right? And now, silly, but you know what? It worked like gangbusters for, for Daniel Bryan and Kane. Yeah. If this brings back Dr. Shelby, I'm a fan. <laughs> but 
I find it funny that at the exact same time they do this, Team Hell No got back together. Yeah, how about that? And I'm like, well, now it doesn't feel as special if, if it happens. What I, what I wish they would have done, because I think this would have answered a question of who's the heel, when, when Bailey's attacking Sasha... Ember Moon was MIA. <laughs> it makes no sense why she doesn't get involved yeah. in some way. And I'm not just, saying like, here's the thing physically, but just like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, but it, it seems very, it seems silly that she wouldn't at least go over to Bailey and be like, whoa, 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 you know? Like, it, I hate when they put baby faces in this position to look like idiots. Yeah, like when they'll do like I don't know, somebody gets jumped right by Jinder Mahal and his goons or whatever, right? Like uh, Seth Rollins or no Roman Reigns or somebody gets beat up, right? Yeah. And he gets attacked, and Seth Rollins is nowhere to be found. But he's in the building. Yeah. And they never address it later, and there's never any excuse for why he wasn't there. It just makes no sense. It's like it's bad storytelling. You know, it's funny you mention that because I'm going to go old school on you here. Uh, years ago when Yokozuna laid out Crush and, yeah. and did the, the bonsai drops, and then like the Crush was recovering from the injury. And then, like, the Macho Man would try to call him, like, during Raw when, when he was doing the commentating and stuff. And, like, Crush would, like, hang up. There'd be a bad connection. And then Crush would come back. He's like, where were you when I got, you know, taken out by him? Like, you weren't there and all this stuff. And then that, that set up the feud. And it was a pretty good feud that Macho ended up winning. But, but like, that, that like, where is this stuff? Like, hey, yeah. where were you when I had this going on? Usually sometimes somebody turns heel because of that, but they'll blame the fans. You know, right, blame, right. you know, well, another and I wrestler. feel like... Okay, so, I mean, that's pretty much the cap off to Raw. We can segue that to SmackDown because SmackDown kicked off with something like that yeah. where they did the Miz TV segment with the Bludgeon Brothers, which was fine. It wasn't anything amazing. And then Daniel Bryan all of a sudden comes out and stops the Bludgeon Brothers from yeah. beating up the Miz, which makes no freaking sense because he hates the Miz. Yeah, he hates the Miz. He hates the Bludgeon Brothers. But, but why wouldn't you at least let the Miz get a little bit of a you know of an ass kicking before you come out there and get involved? Like, you don't have to save him from yeah, it. Yeah. And I think they were trying to go for he wasn't saving him from it. But, like, that's just, again, it's sloppy because there's no reason for Daniel Bryan to come out at that moment. If he was that gung-ho on getting a fight with one of those guys, he should have come out the second they did. Yep. You know? So why wait until that moment when The Miz is about to get beat up? It just doesn't make storyline sense. Furthermore, I would have liked them to do And don't get me wrong, I like what happened throughout the show. However, comma, I would have enjoyed... If they had done something where they'd made like Miz and Daniel Bryan reluctant partners against the Bludgeon Brothers for either that uh, night or next week, see, I would love that because because the Miz can leave, you know, Daniel and then have him get, you know, the right smashed exactly. by the brothers. He gets then, he starts getting destroyed, yeah. and then we get to what we got to at the end of the show yeah. during the Luke Harper Daniel Bryan yeah. match, which by the way was a good match. It was a good match. Um, where Kane shows back up and saves Daniel Bryan again, and that would have served the purpose of furthering the Miz storyline. Yep. Because why include him if you're not going to further it? Yeah, That didn't exactly. make any sense. So yeah, that would have furthered the Miz storyline and gotten them to Team Hell No and the Bludgeon Brothers. Now, I still enjoyed that. The reunion was great. Yeah, I did not expect that. No, nobody did. Yeah. And it was exciting as all hell. And the crowd lost it. They, they popped so huge for Kane, <laughs> you know? Like... And then they got the team hell no chance and the hug it out chance and the I mean that crowd was hot. Well, so now we know we're gonna get Bludgeon Brothers versus yeah. Team Hell No at Extreme Rules. Well, that was probably the last time where Kane was like connected Red with hot, the audience. Yeah, yeah you, you know, because you know he was enjoyable and people were invested in him. The, the segments were great and you know Kane's always been like an odd character and he's got the mask back. You know he's not the corporate guy anymore. Thank hopefully. God, I hated that so much. You know, uh, you know some of the matches. You know, Rusev, Xavier Woods wasn't bad. Um, no, it wasn't bad. You know, uh, the, it was the, the, I, I, again Rusev. I mean, while he was in control for most of the match, it was odd that he gave away so much offense. Yeah, but, uh, but I think they're I, trying I, to. 
build the New Day up as single stars. I, feel, at this I point. think they are too, but I feel like Rusev's the wrong guy to do it against at the moment because Rusev he's in the main event. Yeah, he's he's main eventing Extreme Rules. He should be. Well, is he main eventing or is he not closing the show? But they're. I, like, I'd be willing to. <laughs> I'd, actually, I'd actually be willing to bet he's going to main event. I, I would. These guys need to close the show because I mean Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns. There's no reason for them to no. be the last match. No, because the, the crowd's going to poop all over you. Yeah, there's just, and it makes no sense. Like at least when you knew it was Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, you know there's a reason they're going yeah. on last. Whereas with Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns, there's just no reason for it. That's no. a middle of the card kind of no. match, you know. Yeah. So uh, which, which, I, which, I think they may actually headline the pay per view. Oh well, actually, you know what? Team Hell No and the Bludgeon Brothers might te- might headline. That could be just too. because they're going to be. That's going to be the hot match. Man, that's a weird. And that's like because there's other teams for the Bludgeons to fight. But I get it. It's fine. But it also keeps Danny away from the title picture. Right. Uh, we, um, we had the cast of Glow with Lana and Naomi apparently that was teaming nice, up. You know. You know, I can't wait to watch season two of Glow. It's a great show. Okay, here's it's a problem. Netflix now. I, I I have a problem with um, the following segment. Jeff Hardy. I know exactly. Yeah, I knew exactly where you were going to go. <laughs> I have a problem with the exact same segment. Uh, um, it yeah. just made it. it mm. Wait, we had the Jeff Hardy Eric Young match. Yep. Which, by the way, had a horrible mess up in it right near the beginning. Um, but the, you know they were covered and got the match going and everything, yeah. so it was fine. I mean, mistakes happen. I hate when people get on guys for that. Like mistakes happen. Um, we got a non-finish basically. Which led to a six-man tag between the Usos and Jeff Hardy and Sanity. I like that we got the non-finish between Jeff Hardy and Eric Young because why make either of them look weak? Yeah. But at the same time, then we turn around and make a six-man, and Sanity lost their first match on SmackDown, yeah. and they lost. Yeah. This should have been a non-finish. It should have uh, been a non-finish, uh, 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 or Sanity should have won. Yeah. Or or or, or there's they steal one, or there's DQ somehow because they're, they're keep pumbling, say one of the Usos or Hardy, and yeah, and, and the refs like, hey, you got to stop it, and then you're like, no, screw this, you know. They're, yeah, we're, they're, we're they're these supposed guys. to be crazy. Why not make them crazy? Why not actually go that route? Why, if we're not going to do it, don't do it. I mean, Killian Dan looked good, but the, but they make the, but Eric in the second match, and then the other guy, uh, Alexander Wolf. Yes. Yeah. Like I felt like uh, it's like come on, it's like no, these guys are supposed to be crazy. You know, it's just it, it. I didn't feel it. Uh, I didn't either. Um, I didn't care at all about about James Ellsworth and Page. So I'm skipping right past yeah, that. Becky Lynch defeated Sonya Deville. Which, hey, Becky, Becky Lynch, which is match. fine. She got a win. That's nice. I mean, nothing yeah. wrong with that. And then we had the main event. Uh, and then the main event. Yeah. So I mean, SmackDown was. I enjoyed it SmackDown was, more just because of the Kane and Daniel Bryan and Bludgeon Brothers stuff. Yeah. Um, it, I had more of an excited feeling watching that with all that. It was just, you know, this, the Sanity thing was just frustrating. But, you know, but, the, not, but some of that changed because, you know, Shinsuke. Uh, you know, got bit by the dog, mm-hmm. and then you know, and it's not like it's a you know he was there in Japan and he can't wrestle; he's on crutches too. So that that yeah. totally changes things. So, yeah. um, um, so I mean, we'll go on from that real quick, and we'll go to uh, two hundred five live, which really the only thing from that I wanted to talk about too much was um, well, Leo Rush, Leo Rush's debut. Excuse me, thank you. Uh, Leo Rush debuted. And he took on a guy whose name I don't even know. Dewey uh, James. Dewey James. And he beat him in a minute and 49 seconds. So there you go. Um, I will say this. Rush is amazing in the ring. He's an awful promo. <laughs> uh, and he's very small. So if you have any hopes for Leo Rush, mm, you best temper them now. Like, he might become the 205 Live Cruiserweight champion. That's about it. He is very small, and he can't talk. Uh, he just uh, – I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I look at him – and he does not look like he's on the same level as most of the WWE superstars. Well, and I'm talking about there's other small guys. Yeah. Daniel Bryan's a small guy. You know, freaking um, um, Finn Balor. Finn Balor's a small guy. These guys are small, but they all at least they have a certain presence about them. Leo doesn't have that for me. 
Again, he's exciting to watch. He's he's he can do some crazy stuff in the ring. I, I don't I know. I just what, don't get. Yeah, I, I don't know what his weight is, but he's got to be a buck sixty. So oh, he's so that. tiny. He's so tiny. He's itty I mean, bitty. He, he's cut, but but it's he's, like somebody put a sixteen year old in there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it looks ridiculous. like a kid with tattoos. Um, I, you know, and I could be wrong. I'm hoping I'm hoping he he does more than I think, but I just I get the impression that he's never going to get anything serious. But I think he'll be fine. Maybe for he'll get a random U.S. title run or IC title run at some point in his life if he ever makes the main roster, but. Uh, I honestly think 205 Live may be cruiserweight champion as high as he goes. Yeah, you know, and I know you and I are just talking a moment off the air about like the 205 Live guys. I think they're still working on getting the show where they want it to be at this point with mm-hmm. Triple H taking it over. You know, because wrestling has been better for the most part since they've taken it over, and they got you know get rid of less of the uh, gimmicky stuff. You know, even like Juke Gulak with the signs and no fly zone stuff, and um, you know, just oh, he's got this terrible feel the rush line that I hate. <sighs> yeah. Um, speaking of Drew Gulak, he was in the main event with uh, Jack Gallagher, uh, Brian Kendrick, and they took on the Lucha House Party in a six-man elimita- an elimination tag match. Um, it was a good match. It was. It ended up being really good. And Drew Gulak, Brian Kendrick, and Jack Gallagher get the win. Uh, I think it was like it was like an eighteen-minute match or something. Uh, yeah, I need. I need to go watch that yeah. one. I didn't see all of it two was good. five live. The in-ring stuff the... was good. Everything else but was kind of. I mean, I like the Lucha House Party, but see, I, and I, I like this because it does give these guys something mm. that you know, if they're on a SmackDown or a Raw, they're just you know, yeah, uh, no, I unless agree. they have something they can match up with, you know, the oddly Baron Corbin. Oh um, my God, Cor- Constable Corbin. <laughs> you know, but there's not everything for these guys, so I'm, I'm fine with that. I, yeah. I wouldn't mind them like being a tag team. Like at a SmackDown or a Raw, like mm. if Lucha House Party was like a trio, you know, they kind of went by like the Freebird New Day rule, where you know if they won the titles, they can rotate the belts between them. But right, um, I will say that we had uh, the. We'll move on from that, and we'll talk about the NXT Special uh, yeah. UK tournament, the second one. Uh, I'm gonna skip most of the first night just because that was the rest of the qual- uh, the uh, the tournament matches yeah. getting to the winner, and then the next night is when they did the title match and everything and all the, that stuff. The tournament wasn't as good as it was last year. There just wasn't the same caliber of people in every match. Um, I'm not knocking the guys who were in it necessarily. I just they just don't they don't. Last year, a lot of the guys felt like stars. This year, some of them really didn't. They just felt like uh, Joe Schmo, independent British wrestler. Uh, it was it was like there was one guy I can't remember his name. Something he called him the Mastiff, or maybe his name his last name was Mastiff. Big big heavy guy. Um, I mean heavy, not necessarily big and muscular, but like heavy, right? He moved pretty well for a guy his size, but it was very clear early on he was very tired, and like he did a, a rolling senton in the corner, and that was the big selling thing. And oh, look at the agility of the big man! And just, you know, it's not all that impressive, you know. You, you fell over. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong; I'm not saying I want to do it, but it just didn't it didn't do a lot for me. Um, the first night did have some good matches and stuff, and there were some good guys in it, or some good stuff in it. There are some guys that I really enjoyed seeing. Uh, were some guys named Flash Morgan Webster. Who uh, he's basically like a mod, if you know what that is. The the it's like a style mod. Think like the, the oh. think like think like fifty sixties British uh, uh, like clothes clothing. Style? Yeah, 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 yeah. He almost well, kind of looks like John Lennon a little okay, bit. Okay, okay, gotcha. uh, or, or Paul, Paul McCartney in like the fifties and sixties, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, I kind of like him. He was pretty cool. Uh, he has a, his music's great because it says in mod we trust. Ah, uh, yeah, it's nice, it. right? And then there was another guy named Travis Banks who was the Kiwi buzzsaw. I think is what they called him. 
smaller dude, but aggressive. Like him a lot. And uh, he actually made it down to the finals against uh, the guy who ended up winning, Zach Gibson. Oh, wow. Who, uh, let me tell you, I think his name was Zach Gibson. Let me make sure. Of that. Yeah, yeah, Zach, Zach Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, because yeah, he was the one that uh... was a good technician uh, and a good heel. One thing they didn't do as well this year was establish personalities. Like last year, Pete Dunn stood out as the bad guy of the tournament. Yeah. Like they went out of their way to establish that. Gibson was just getting booed by the fans. And yeah, he did some heel stuff in the matches, but he didn't do anything overly heel. So like I didn't get why I was supposed to hate the guy. He was just beating people. You know, I I, I didn't get why I wasn't supposed to like him. Um, so they could have done a little better with establishing some of the personalities and stuff. Uh, they had a three-way women's match. Uh, for the life of me, I can't remember all the ladies' names. Killer, I think Killer Kelly, uh, Tony Storm. Yeah, Charlie Morgan Charlie, was in the match. Charlie Morgan. No, she might have been the Yeah, I think Charlie Morgan was the other. I don't know. There, there was a three-way. The Tony Storm ended up winning it. It was fine. From what I heard, it was actually a four-way when they originally filmed it. One of the girls got injured during the match, and they started it over as a three-way, so it ended up being quick. Yeah, the, yeah. this is his Charlie Morgan defeated uh, Killer Kelly. That was the next night. All right. That was the next night. Um, because they had a singles match. Because they did the next night, which was night two of the tournament, which was the the title match and a bunch of other stuff. And ti- the title match stuff was all really good. Uh, first of all, you had the undisputed era: Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly versus Taylor Bate and Trent Seven, the NXT Tag Team Titles, and the hometown boys in England win. That was really cool. You mm-hmm. get to see them get the win, and what a good match! Just, I mean, Mustache Mountain, Mustache Mountain, great <laughs> match, man, great, great match. I love that name. Um, time. by the way. I don't get how Tyler Bate is as strong as he is. Kid did a fireman's carry. Uh, he was doing an airplane spin on one of them, and then he grabbed the other one by the legs and did a spin. And he's holding both of them. Do- like, one on his shoulders and the other one yeah, by the legs, yeah. and he did a spin oh, on man, both of them. Man, I just saw the picture of that somewhere. Insane yeah. to see. Because um, he's not that big of a guy. <laughs> but uh, then you had Pete Dunne versus Zach Gibson for the WWE UK Championship. Uh, look. These guys worked great together, and Pete Dunne has turned into an awesome fighting like baby face. Um, just a fantastic match, and Pete Dunne retaining the uh, the title. Just so good. So freaking good. And I like the way they've established Pete Dunne is like, I mean, he's the guy to beat. He, he is a monster in that, in that era. Um, you had Shayna Baszler versus Tony Storm for the NXT Women's Championship yet again. Another really good match. This one was pretty was, – got, got some good time. Uh, Shayna Baszler again working a body part. She attacked the heat or the ankle of Tony Storm, and Storm sells injury like a million bucks. She's fantastic. I heard that they recently signed her to a contract. Good. So I'm I'm happy about that because I loved her in the in the May Young tournament. So it, I'm thrilled she's back. And I love Shayna's style because it's always the you know it's the the physical style, but working on the body part and mm-hmm. just but but the, just the way that she does it, like in the matches and stuff, it's always. Just yeah. you know, incredible, and I, I love that because you don't see that with everybody nowadays. No, it fits agreed. her style so well. Agreed. So Shayna ends up retaining, which is fine because again, they're telling that story with Dakota Kai, where eventually she's going to be the one to topple her. Um, I kind of thought maybe Dakota Kai would come out and save Tony Storm, yeah. just because you know she's got you know when they do the UK tournaments, it's Australia, it's the it's New Zealand, it's the what we know is the UK, you know. And so, I mean, Dakota Kai is from New Zealand, so I figured maybe she'd make an appearance, but no. That's, and that's okay. She didn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, it would, I guess it wouldn't have made sense for her to be there because it wasn't a normal like, NXT event. Yeah, you know, exactly. So it would have seemed a little coincidental that she'd happened to be yeah. there since she wasn't wrestling. Yeah, d- this isn't Ember Moon not doing anything for Sasha and Bayley. No, this made sense. <laughs> um, they also had a number one contender for the UK championship because, oh, yeah, they announced Johnny Saint did, who's a wrestling legend in Britain, 
um, that they are starting NXT UK, which is a uh, it's going to be like NXT, but it's going to be a UK roster and wow. it's going to be for the UK. And I mean, we'll get to watch it on the network as far as yeah. I know. Um, but they had a number one contender match, uh, their four way between Flash Morgan Webster, that guy I told you about, the mod guy, Mark Andrews, who we've seen before, kind of that ska punk like British dude, um, Travis Banks, the Kiwi Buzzsaw, and Noam Dar. He was in there. Yeah, mm. forget he's Scottish, don't you? Um, or, yeah, I believe it's Scottish. But in any event, Noam Dar ends up winning the thing uh, to become the number one contender. And it was a really good match. I was really impressed with these guys. So I'm really excited to see Noam Dar and uh, uh, Pete Dunne clash. Israeli-born Scottish wrestler. Yeah, there you go. So he's Scottish. Yeah. I was right. I was right. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> well, I was just saying he was born just in Israel. I'm just teasing um, you also had some other matches that weren't really relevant to like that. It was you had Alistair Black and Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream and EC3. Fun match. Wasn't, you know, burn the house down or anything like that, but they didn't need to be. But it was still good. Uh, Velveteen Dream actually walked out on EC3 later in the match. So I'm wondering if that sets up for a feud between them or what it is there. Um, but again, fun match, and they get the win when Alistair Black lands the uh, Black Mass on EC3 when he turns around. Uh, it's uh, you had, uh, Adam Cole defended the North American Championship against Wolfgang, who was in the first UK tournament, and I liked him a lot. Heavier dude. Um, big dude. Big dude. Big dude. Uh, but f- good match. But, man, the, let me tell you, Adam Cole, and I know everybody there listening just went bay so yeah, that's why I paused. Awesome. Um, they, they, Adam Cole transcends. Man, I got to tell you, n- nobody is more popular than this guy. Wolfgang getting booed there, booed in the UK tournament, and he's from the UK. And Adam Cole and Wolfgang's just out there being Wolfgang, and he's getting booed against Adam Cole. And Cole is over like Rover, man. Like it's crazy how popular he is. Um, fine. the match between the two was fine. It wasn't incredible, but it was fine. It was good. And uh, Adam Cole picks up the win, remains champion. Uh, I was just blown away by how popular Adam Cole is. Yeah. And, like. Can you ignore that? You know, I'm not sure that you can ignore that forever. I mean, I hope it transfers over when when he makes his way to the WWE. I I, I yeah. just I just don't want that to be lost because you know because there's always that fear. Just oh for sure, it doesn't for sure. Believe me, I, I fear it as well. I fear it as well. But with any luck, it won't. I mean, he's just so popular, Dave. Yeah, he's so popular. I just don't see how you could ignore it. You know, um, that doesn't mean they won't. It just means I hope they won't. Um, that finishing move with a brain buster on the knee. On the knee, yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy, right? <laughs> um, and he did that to Wolfgang, who's much yeah. bigger than him. Big um, dude. Oh, I'd like to make it, take a second to just point out a dude that I actually really enjoyed in the tournament, um, who I'm not sure we'll hear a lot about going on. Be honest, another bigger dude, Joe Coffee was the guy's name. I kind of like the guy. Um, I don't. I'm not sure they're going to bring him back for the for the UK, the NXT UK, but I'd like them to because I actually really enjoyed that guy. Um, he had some good matches and he made it to the core semi was what's the next to last one semifinals. Yeah. Semi. Okay. Then he made it to the semifinals and then he got eliminated. Um, cause he, he's the one who got beaten by Travis, uh, uh, Travis. I'm not familiar with these guys names yet, unfortunately, cause they're still so new to me. Wait, not Gibson. Uh, no, Gibson was the other guy. Travis, uh, Banks. Is that what I said it was? Yes. Travis Banks. We'll go that. Yeah. He got beat by Travis Banks. Um, but yeah, I, I like coffee a lot. I think he's a good, big, bigger dude and he could, he could. Be something a little special if they put a little work into them. Um, so, yeah, that was the NXT UK thing, and I did enjoy the two-night approach to it, separating the title stuff and everything from the tournament. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, but overall, just I, I think last year's was a hotter event. Um, 
not giving us as much background on some of these guys hurt because we didn't have as much reason to care about some of them. Well, and the setup seemed different too because like oh, here it is, and uh, there wasn't that big belt like when they had the women's tournament. Like when they introduced the women and they made it an event, there yeah. was no like yeah. event. Yeah, like, yeah, but, uh, for sure. But uh, I wonder I'm, if it's like the timing of it because you just had the pay per views, you just had the maybe takeover. It's possible, or they just didn't want to do it again. Yeah, um, they did the bracketology special where they went over everybody, but that was like a week or two before the show, and it was you know so it does, the hype doesn't carry over at that point when you don't do anything else for it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, again, it was still good. I didn't, I didn't regret watching it. If you get a chance to, I'd say go ahead and watch it. Um, I would say you could probably go ahead and skip to the semifinals or just skip to the, to the second night uh, if you don't feel like watching the, the, tur- the tournament actual matches. You could skip to the second night and still see most of the best stuff. Um, so I guess that's it for the week of wrestling. Yeah. I'm not going to bother getting into actual NXT this week because we're still kind of well, other than uh, Tommaso Ciampa kind of now focusing attention on Aleister Black, which, I'm, which would be fun. Yeah, I'm really into that. I'm into that. And by the way, it was 20 years ago this week, the amazing match, the Hell in the Cell match between The Undertaker and Mankind, of course, Mick Foley that we all love. Mick Foley being thrown from top of the cage, then being stretched out, and then coming back, climbing the cage, continuing the match with The Undertaker, and then the choke slam through the cage, which was not planned, and then Mick getting knocked out by the chair in the face. And then um, you know Jerry Lawler thought he was dead. Terry Funk thought he was dead. Terry Funk runs down there and then realizes, no, Mick's not dead. He buys time in the match and then gets a chokeslam from The Undertaker. He gets chokeslammed out of his shoes, which Mick Foley would later recall. He had no idea how the shoes got in the ring. And then that match continued with Mick bleeding from the face, you know, basically using his tongue to hold his face together, his, uh, his teeth that were broken, and then bringing out thumbtacks. In the match, like the, the top of the cage, the thrown through the cage was not enough. Mick brings out thumbtacks, and like any role in wrestling, about 95% of the time, if you bring in thumbtacks in the match or if you set up a table or, uh, you know, put some chairs together, you're usually going through those items. And, of course, Mick landed on the thumbtacks and got pinned with a tombstone pile driver. And then after the match backstage, because of everything that went happened, uh, everything that went down, Mick kind of forgot that uh, he used the thumbtacks in the match and, you know, mentioned something to The Undertaker. Then The uh, Undertaker pointed out, hey, they're still in the arm, man. 20 years later. Uh, by the way, I posted a clip on the Facebook page for ESPR. At, uh, not the match, because we've we seen the match. It's great. But Mick kind of reliving the moments. Uh, there's a clip from uh, one of the, the Foley show on the, on the network where – him and his daughter are like back in the WWE warehouse and the hell in the cell is there. And you kind of see like Mick, like putting his hands on it and, and getting emotional. And it's great editing because they go back to where, you know, Mick is, uh, you know, in, in the cage, uh, the uh, hell in the cell matches, uh, not only with the undertaker, but he had some with Kane and, and all that. And they're, you know, showing the uh, flashbacks and, and he gets a bit emotional, which is, you know, could just be Mick acting it out, but I'm sure those moments mean a lot to Mick. So 20 years ago this week. And it's amazing. Cause to me, like a lot of people say, oh, it's one of the greatest matches. It, 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 to me, it wasn't really a great match. It was more of a spot fest because you know you had the throw from the top of the cage, you had the choke slam through the cage, and then you had you know the thumbtacks and stuff. And so to me, it wasn't like a great match, but to me, it's one of the most famous matches of all time. The Hell in the Cell match that oh, was mankind. twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, twenty years ago. Yeah. It was a big deal. It was a really it, big it deal. It was, but people are like, oh, it's a great match. I'm like, no, no, it's a spot fest, but it's a famous match. Uh, you know, even even making Undertaker said themselves that they've had better Hell in the Cell matches, but it, it's a damn sure famous match. And it's not called the greatest match because, 
you know, it's it's known for the choke slam, the throw off the you know, and the thumbtacks. So the spots were ridiculous, but yeah. I think one of the biggest things about it is that like it was there was a fair amount of storytelling in the sense that it told the story of mankind being willing to put himself through anything. Yeah. Which is weird because he didn't like get the immediate push after that, but it was like about the year, a couple months later, and with you know with the whole Mister Sacco thing and everything else, you know, because it wasn't like a year and a half later he finally became champion. But right, yeah. But I think that was part of the thing is that was part of the build for him. Yeah. To that point, so it was an important match without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. It is absolutely. just not a great match. No, but one of the, but one of the most famous matches of all time twenty years ago this week. And I, got I happen stuff. to think that uh, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker's Hell in a Cell was better. Yeah. A oh, better yeah. match. Well, I think I, mean? I think even Undertaker said that too. And, and Foley's had some other ones, I think, with Kane and that stuff. And I thought Brock and Undertaker's Hell in a Cell was, was yeah, better. I mean, was there was some good there's been good Hell in a Cells. That's a brutal one. Brutal one. But yeah, twenty years ago the most famous Hell in the Cell and one of the famous matches. I think of the all time. worst Hell in a Cell was CM Punk and Ryback. That one, or is not Undertaker the big boss man, which usually gets forgotten about? <laughs> no, I mean, like, that one's bad, don't get me wrong. But at least that one I cared about. I didn't care at all about CM Punk and Ryback's Hell in a Cell. Not even a little bit. Yeah, Ryback wasn't ready for that. No, and he, it, was, it was not his fault. He was no. just thrown into that position because they needed him there. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's where we are currently. Um, so I guess we go from that to uh, this next segment where eventually Dave's going to have to do more work and find music. Yeah. Um, the we got to come up with a name for it. What are we going to call it, Dave? But the, not the mailbox. Uh, no, not the mailbox. We'll come up with something. Yeah, yeah we'll come up with something. Uh, but for now, it's just going to be the mailbag. So, um, In any event, okay, so the mailbag. We've got some letters, Dave, right? Yeah. Uh, Corey Parrish okay. uh, says, not that, I'm, uh, not that I'm not enjoying the reading of Team Hell No, but we're just going to forget before the Survivor Series, Kane Chokeslam, Daniel Bryan. Of course, it doesn't surprise, surprise me, though. Yes, we're forgetting. Yeah. Shut yeah. up, Corey. We, we, Don't short, ruin my happy moment. Short-term memories in the WWE where logic goes out the window. Um, I got one from uh, Owen. Okay. Who, uh, first-time writer, I believe. Uh, okay. Owen, thanks for the email. He says, I agree with you that Braun doesn't need the briefcase. Uh-huh. That's right. He says, I also think that Braun thing to do when he won the briefcase would have been immediately call out Brock to get these hands and every week that goes by without uh, him without him calling Brock or doesn't fit the character. I agree. I feel like every week Braun Strowman yeah. should be out there saying, where's Brock Lesnar? Yeah, not flipping remember how he, Remember how he was flipping out about Roman Reigns when they were doing their feud? Yeah. Every week he was coming out looking for Roman Reigns. He wanted Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? It should be like that This now with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Brock Lesnar needs to come get these hands. You know, that's the way they should handle this. And he also weighs in. He says, I'm also excited to see Team Hell No back. With the amount of talented tag teams that's back, and not currently do much, it seems unnecessary. Great show. Thanks, guys. Yeah, but I feel like it's, it's this is meant to make the Bludgeon Brothers feel like a bigger threat. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, because we haven't really seen And like, it's also to help. Again, we're, we're getting Daniel Bryan back into the mix and everything. So. Yeah, and he's not going in the management picture right, right. away. Uh, you Plus, know, I, th- that. I think that this is also, I think Kane's running down his career. And I think that it's this is a way to kind of do a little nod to one of the highest points of his career, I'm, which is that tag team with Daniel Bryan. Just kind of yeah, a reunion yeah, tour. Because you know? he's got a, you know election coming up in a couple of months. So he got him for yeah. a little bit of time. If he wins, I'm pretty sure he's done. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, but there's a lot of teams that SmackDown. I mean, you know, we yeah. uh, now the Sanity showed up, but we have, we haven't seen much of the bar lately. Uh, no, we and, haven't. Uh, you know, unless unless they're gonna do some singles with them. The New Day are kind of more of single guys right now, but obviously it could be a tag team when needed. The Usos are there, and um, you know, it just uh, you know, and of course you got the, the Good Brothers. But I do feel like that the Usos and the New Day have kind of worn out their welcome at the top of the tag division at the moment. People are a little tired of them. 
So I feel like now is the time to use other teams. So yeah, uh, one more here from uh, Corey as well. It says you guys are talking about mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose's wasted motion moves, if you will, that, that you love yeah. so much. <clears throat> Sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you mm-hmm. think the thing that Tyler Bate does is the same thing? Course is not as overused. Also, I really realize I just want to see Pete Dunn versus Daniel Bryan. He says the thing that Pete Dunn does. No, he wants to watch watch uh, Tyler Bate. Does. What does Tyler Bate do that? The Dean wasted does? motion. I'm, I'm trying to think. Is oh, running up the turnbuckle. Yeah, or? yeah, I think so. No, I guess I don't. It doesn't bother me as much when Tyler Bate does it because Tyler Bate, maybe it's because he doesn't overuse it, you know, because yeah. I don't see it too much. You don't see it in every match. Yeah, but that's what some of those guys have. That becomes yeah. part of your thing. Yeah, that's, it's just when it, you got to be careful what becomes your thing. Superman punch. So, yeah. Superman punch. So, in any event, uh, okay, so that's it. That's Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat for this week. Uh, next week, it'll probably just be Dave or Dave, and maybe he'll find somebody. I don't know. You just never grab know. somebody and drag them in here. Yeah. Um, and just yell names of them that they don't understand. Find the intern. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be so funny. <laughs> um, because I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to be in Florida for about a week, uh, you know, just doing some stuff, taking care of some some things. So uh, I'll be gone next week, but you will still get your dose of Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat. Yeah, episode 56 next week. Right. Wow. That's right. So be here for Dave. And oh. matter of fact, send in email. ESPR yeah. at FM99.com. If you send in enough, why not let Dave just do an episode where he's going through y'all's emails? Write the show for him, for Pete's sake. There you go. So that's going to do it for us. As always, this has been episode 55 of FM99's first and only wrestling podcast, Eat, Sleep, Podcast, and Repeat. Repeat.